You are listening to the sermon audio from 12th Street Baptist Church in Rainbow City, Alabama. More information about our church can be found online at www.12th.co. Good morning, church. It is good to be with you this morning. It is good to be with you, even though, again, we are not able to be in your presence. Uh, The Lord is in all of our presence, and so it is a great day to be together as we worship the Lord through the Word. I'd like to ask you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19. And uh, as you do so, I want to remind you that we are continuing in our series about hope. And this week, we are talking about finding hope when we are shaken to the core. When we stop and listen, God whispers peace into our souls. That's the big message, the big point I want you to take home today. When we stop and listen, God whispers peace into our souls. For many of us, this is a time of paralyzing fear and overwhelming anxiety. Not all the time for everybody, but at some points in time along the way. For many people, it's a time of fear and of the unknown But we do not have to live in fear if we will stop and listen as God whispers grace and peace into our souls. So let me pray for us and we will move into 1 Kings chapter 19. Father, we know that you are completely aware of our situations. You are not surprised by any of it. And God, you have been solely sovereign over every step and you are now and you will forever be so while we do not understand why we are experiencing the things that we go through in this life that overwhelm us that cause fear and anxiety we know that you love us and that you will work in us and through us even in these times to draw us closer to you and to shape us into the more perfect us that you created us to be as we resemble more and more the person of your son, Jesus. So Lord, bless us in this time. Change us by your word that we might live out our lives for your glory as you fill us with the love and mercy and grace that you have shown us on the cross in Jesus, that we might love you back in that way. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Kings 19, 1 through 18. We're going to start off just with the first four verses. It's a big, long piece of text. It's one that many of you have probably heard about. In fact, you may know about Elijah, who's kind of the, the, the main person in the text here. But we usually hear the story about Elijah and what happens when he is facing off against the prophets of Baal as he is standing toe-to-toe with them, asking them to call upon their God to bring a fire down upon the offering they've set up. And then he goes and puts water all over his offering even and douses it completely And he shows that the only true God is the God of Israel as God sends fire down at the request of Elijah. We're familiar with that story, but the part that comes after is what I want to focus on today. I think it holds dear to our hearts this week in this time frame. I think it will speak to us in ways that is much needed right now. And so look with me in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1 and on. Verse 1, Ahab told Jezebel, Ahab the king, told Jezebel, his wife, all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life, and came to Beersheba, 
which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. Now this is a unique phrase and statement for him to make, asking God to even take his life. The man who had just been a part of defeating 450 prophets standing against him, the lone prophet of Israel, and he defeated them with God bringing down fire in a magnanimous way. And then we see that he then takes off those prophets, those false prophets, and he actually slays them. But when Jezebel, the one who's killed many prophets of Israel before this, threatens him, he runs for the hills with great fear. In fact, it says that he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life. You see, I don't think that we realize sometimes we, we put these people in the Bible on such a great higher standard than what we expect we need to live at. But when great threats come, it's normal to experience fear and anxiety and to feel like running away, just like Elijah did. Even the greatest of God's people are sometimes overcome with fear and anxiety, especially in the face of threats of death and of suffering, much like many of us in this world right now are facing. And Elijah had experienced God working in huge ways prior to this. God saved him from death when Jezebel was killing all the prophets. God used Elijah to raise the dead child of a widow that he was staying with for refuge. And in an epic standoff, like we've already discussed, he, he saved, not only saved Elijah, he used him to bring glory to his name as he overcame those false prophets and brought fire out of the heavens to consume this offering. And then Elijah struck them all down, 450 of them. And even though God had done so much for Elijah, he was still overcome with fear because of Jezebel's threats of violence and death. Let me ask the question, have you ever been overwhelmed by your circumstances or by fears of what might happen, even when you've seen God do amazing things in your life? Do you struggle with thinking your fears and anxiety make you less of a Christian? For many people, that's the case. They think that way. Are you afraid that your fears and anxiety make God mad at you? Or like maybe that he sees you as a lesser of a person or as a lesser follower? Or have you ever been so devastated or depressed that you, like Elijah, asked God to take your life? Or maybe you thought about taking your own? Listen, I'm going to give you a self-assessment. I'm going to give you three questions. I want you to assess yourself on a scale of one to five. One being not me at all, that doesn't resemble me at all. Five being this is exactly where I am. Number one, this pandemic has increased my daily dealings with fear and anxiety. How do you rate yourself on a one to five? This pandemic has increased my daily dealings with fear and anxiety. Number two, I feel great shame for my feelings of fear, anxiety, or depression. If you feel great shame, great shame, you mark yourself as a five. If you don't feel any of that, you mark yourself as a one. And third, I... I hide much of my fear, anxiety, or depression from those closest to me. Now think of those numbers and how you add that up. And let me give you a truth as you do. God is not ashamed of you. And you are not alone in your fears and anxiety. God is with you. If you are in Christ, if you put your hope and faith in Jesus, God is with you. And we, your faith family, are with you now. We are here for you. 
So my prayer today is that the Lord may whisper into your souls this day his peace. So don't run away and isolate yourself like Elijah did here. Instead, run to the Savior, the one who can give you strength, who can overcome for you. In fact, I would argue who has already overcome for you in so many ways, especially on the cross. God is present with you. If you put your hope and faith in Jesus, he will strengthen you and give you hope if you turn your face toward him, for he is our hope. And God has done great things in your life. Most likely in your life, he's done so many good things. He's done great things in the life of our church, even recently in our faith family, bringing people to faith, taking those who are spiritually dead, making them alive. Those who were not before in his family, now adopted into his family. So let us not live in fear in times such as these. Now that's easy to say, not so easy to live out for many of us. But when we stop and listen God can whisper grace and peace into our souls. Pick up the story in 1 Kings 19.5. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. So he ate and immediately fell back to sleep. In verse 7, the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. In fact, that word, those words that are too great is the same words that Elijah had said earlier where he says, It's enough, God. And he said, This is not enough. It's too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Listen, like Elijah When you are his, if you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've been born again, God loves you and is patient with you, even in your fear and in your anxiety. Listen to how the Lord responds to us if we are his. Psalm 145, 8. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. We translate that word as mercy many times in the New Testament, abounding in steadfast love, slow to anger, gracious and merciful. Look, when you are exhausted and when you feel as though you can't go on, God can and I would say will provide what you need to get through that dark night. And you may think you don't see him, you don't sense him, you don't experience that, but he is with us if we are his. And he carries us through when we do not have it in ourselves because honestly, we don't have it in ourselves at any point in time. We only live by his strength at any point in time we do. Everyone in this world lives on his mercy and grace for every moment that they have in their life. All of us rely on that, just like we see here in verse 6 where it says, And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water, and he ate and drank and laid down again. Immediately God gives patience and grace. And when you feel as though every day is too much, he is there for you the next morning with you again to love and strengthen you, just like he sent his angel to care for him in this moment that we see with Elijah. It does not mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean you will feel better immediately. But God will never leave you or forsake you if you are his. And we know that because he's already paid the price to redeem you, to redeem you out of your failures. He's already done everything that needs to be done to overcome your struggles, overcome your sufferings, to overcome your fears. And even though this season might feel like an eternity, 
you can rest assured that his steadfast love for you will endure. And he will be present with you for all eternity because he owns eternity. It is all his and nothing escapes him. So how do we find God's face when we have nothing left within us? Let's continue the story to see where Elijah finds him. In verse 9, there he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant and thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper or a still whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Elijah, on the same mountain that Moses was on, called Mount Horeb here, in the same ways, God passes by, and Moses stepped out with his hand covered, God's hand covering Moses. He couldn't see his glory be too much for him. As God passes by, Elijah steps out with his face covered, and then hears the whisper of God speaking to him. And when he heard it, he answered in the same way, in a depression and a upsetness about what has gone on and what has not been there for him, and that he is alone by himself with no one wanting to listen to what he has to say. And he didn't come in the earthquake, and he didn't come in the fire, and he didn't come in the great wind that broke apart the rocks. He came in the whisper. Listen, brothers and sisters. Stop only looking for God in the grand miracles that might come in this life. Stop expecting God to show up in a whirlwind or an earthquake or in a burning bush. Sometimes he does show up in dramatic ways in our lives, but all too often in our lives, he speaks peace into our hearts with quiet whispers of grace and compassion. The problem is that most of us have never learned how to listen for his still, quiet whispers or even to recognize his voice. Most of us are even afraid to be in silence to hear him or in solitude alone because we don't like what we feel or experience when we are in that place. But fear not. Isaiah 30, 15 tells us, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. I challenge you, church, to establish a new rhythm for your life by committing to the spiritual practice of silence and solitude with God. Set aside 10 minutes, just 10 minutes at some point today and the next day and the next day to sit in silence in a relaxed but alert position with your palms up, arms resting on your legs. And when a care or concern comes to your mind, take it and lay it upon the altar of his mercy and grace. 
and give it over to the Lord. And when you've laid everything at his feet, just sit and enjoy his presence and see if he speaks to you in the still, quiet voice of his grace. And obviously, whatever you hear has to be in agreement with Scripture or it's not from the Lord. But see if he speaks to you in that quiet whisper to calm your heart as you lay over every care one at a time until finally you just rest in his presence. Even just sitting in his presence can bring peace to your soul. You ask, how do you know that he still loves you? How do we know he really cares for us enough to speak to me even or to carry me through these times? I mean, I know I'm supposed to believe it, but how do I know these things? Listen, every broken piece of our lives is a result of sin entering the world and permeating everything around us and even our own souls. And God loves you so very much that he determined to send his one and only son to become one of us so that he can live the life that we cannot live of perfection, so that he can die the death that we deserve for our rebellion against a holy, righteous king, so that he then could rise in victory over Satan, sin, death, and hell, so that we could be ushered into the kingdom of God. And not just brought into the kingdom as servants or as refugees, but as sons and daughters adopted into his family so that we could be brought in as brothers and sisters of King Jesus. And because the price for our salvation was so great, so great that it cost him the life of his one and only son, so great that it's worth more than all of creation combined, because the price of our salvation was so great, we can rest in the knowledge that he has made a sure and steadfast way for us to be with him for eternity, where there will be no more tears, no more fears, no more anxiety or depression. It will be an eternity filled with joy and love and rest as we live forever fully satisfied in his presence for he will be our God and we will be his people and he will dwell in our midst and he will wipe away our tears. There'll be no more mourning, no more weeping. So whatever your fears, whatever plagues your soul, you can say to those fears, you might have won the night, but my God has secured tomorrow. And none can stand against him. Just like God proved himself to Elijah over and over and over again. Just like he's proved himself to everyone in scripture over and over again. No one can turn over the plans of God. And while the dark night might come for our souls, when we awake, we find that God's presence is still with us and our tomorrow is secure. No matter what we endure, no matter how we suffer, God's grace is enough to bring us through to be with him forever and ever. And one day we'll look back and see that those things we've been through, while they are much and great and overwhelming, certainly they are not more than the glory and the grace and the joy that will fill us for all eternity. And not to diminish those things, but it will feel like a blip on the radar compared to the immensity of being in his presence where we're filled with love and joy and grace. Look at 1 Kings 19, 15, as it closes out. The Lord said to him, Go, Elijah, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphath and Abel-Maholah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place as his replacement. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu 
Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Elijah was saying that he was alone, that he was all by himself. There were none left. And God says, no, 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 no. I have people that you're going to put into place who are going to be kings and a prophet that will be after you. And there will be 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal yet, have not kissed Baals. This is the one, these are the ones who will succeed you. These are the ones that are still with you. You are not alone and God will be victorious. And even now we can say God will be victorious over everything we're enduring in this time and in the times to come. We will endure difficult seasons. There is no doubt, brothers and sisters, but God is greater than all of our adversities. His will cannot be overcome. Do you remember how Elijah said to God that he was the only one left? He felt alone and forgotten and defeated, but God did not leave him alone. And God has not left you alone either. He's given you this faith family. He's given you some friends. He's given you relatives who love you and accept you for who you are, anxieties and all. And we are here for you. And we will be here for you because we have a Savior who remains with us even now by His Holy Spirit who He has given to live within us. And we are being ever changed more and more into His glorious image through every struggle, through every season of suffering, even this one. And we never face anything on our own. If we will just stop and listen. God can speak peace into our souls in every moment of struggle, in every moment of strife, of fear, of anxiety, of depression. Even when it's not overcome in the moment, we can know we're not alone. He is with us. And we need to be there for one another, faith family. That's why our small groups are so important to build relationships there. So let us not listen to the enemy. Let us not even listen to the darkness that remains in our souls for now while we still struggle with our flesh and our sin. Let us trust in the one true God who always fulfills his promises, who resides in our souls by his Holy Spirit, for he is light and the darkness cannot overcome the light. The light always overcomes the darkness. And if our God is for us, then who can be against us, church? Who can be against us? Who can overcome us? They might overwhelm us for a moment, but we cannot be overcome because in Christ Jesus, we have victory over Satan, sin, death, and hell, and disease, and everything else. In Christ Jesus, we have victory that lasts forever. So let us now end our time together by hearing him speak even once more that peace into our souls right now. In a passage that has spoken so much to me, Psalm 46, 10, and 11. We take it as an if-then clause often. He says, be still and know that I am God. That if we will be still, we will know that he is God. But it's, it's not even just a command to do it. I think it is much more so just be still, quiet, and be in my presence. And you will know that I am God, is what he's saying to us. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. And he will be for sure. He says, I will be exalted in the earth. 
The Lord of hosts is with us. Verse 11 tells us that is true right now, brothers, sisters. The Lord of hosts is with us in our midst, presently living and residing in us as his Holy Spirit dwells in us. The God of Jacob, he is our fortress and none can come against us. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard of this. Maybe this person has ever hit you and pierced your heart in a way that shows you your need for a Savior. What I want to do now is offer you an opportunity to respond to God's movement in you. So maybe if you're listening to this today or you're watching this today and this is how God is working in you for the first time, you're recognizing the truth of the gospel and seeing your need for a Savior, then you don't need anyone else except to go to the Lord, repent, turn away from living life away from Him and turn toward Him to build that relationship, to walk into Him as He's leaning out to you now and giving you His grace and mercy in Christ Jesus, His Son. Repent and believe on Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then let us know you're doing that. Respond on our website to an email. Send us a note. Text us or email us or even make a comment on one of these live streams so we can know how to get in touch with you because we want you to know you're not alone and you'll never be alone again if you put your hope and faith in Christ. So may the Lord bless us and keep us in his presence even in times like these as he whispers the grace and mercy of Christ. Father, we need you. We need your grace. We need your kindness. We need even some joy, Lord. Most of all, we need to be assured that you are with us. So as we sit in silence later today and tomorrow and the next day, as we are in solitude, not isolation, but to be with you, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would work in us, and that you would reveal yourself, that we might experience you and not just know about you, but know of you relationally in these times as you carry us through. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon audio from 12th Street Baptist Church. Feel free to share this with anyone you meet. And we pray that this sermon helped you to be more like Jesus as 12th Street seeks to be a place where we can find forgiveness for the past and hope for the future.